1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. In-depth conversations. matchup up breakdowns. Analysts on
0: every game. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is 4th Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. What up? Fourth down in the Steel City. You know why I'm so chipper, Colin? Tell me. The Steelers didn't lose this weekend. Yay! There
1: we go. That's like a. That's not even a dad joke. That's an elementary school joke. But or is now the time where I come in and say, but they didn't play, Adam.
0: Zero and zero this weekend, Colin. And as far as I know, nobody got arrested. So. A quality weekend for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe things are about to get even better. No, they haven't fired Matt Canada. But maybe, just maybe, Matt Canada's future replacement is on the market. Frank Reich fired by the Indianapolis Colts. Colin, you're itching to talk about it. What say you?
1: I'd love for Frank Reich to be the next offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers. What gives anybody any inclination, though, that any team that's looking for an offensive coordinator, and there will be more than one at the end of this year or maybe even in the middle portion of this year, although if he's a head coach, he's probably just going to take time off, sit on that money, and then let it all shuffle out going into next year. What makes anybody think or gives anybody any inclination that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to outbid somebody?
0: Yeah, you probably shouldn't think that that's going to happen, but I will say – that the two best coaches, the three best coaches, really, going back a couple decades for the Pittsburgh Steelers have been former head coaches. Dick LeBeau, your defensive coordinator, a disastrous tenure in Cincinnati, so didn't really have to outbid anybody there. And then you look at Todd Haley, who was a head coach in Kansas City, and Mike Munchak, who was a wonderful offensive line coach here in Pittsburgh, was the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. So there is some precedent. But you want to talk about breaking the mold. We heard it from Aditi Kinkabala not long ago. This isn't your grandfather's Steelers. Okay. Art Rooney II, open up the checkbook. You've got the money. I don't think it will happen, Colin, because I think you're right. But if it's not your grandfather's Pittsburgh Steelers, a good place to start is spending money on a premium coaching position.
1: You know what I'm not even convinced of? I'm not even convinced of Matt Canada being fired. Until I see it, I don't believe it. I'm not convinced of that. I'm not convinced that Mike Tomlin wants to uproot anything, even at the end of this year, even if it continues disastrous, honestly.
0: Well, let me ask you this then, because we've talked about Mike Tomlin for a long time on the show and the way things have trended. It's been bad. You brought up the topic on Friday's Fan Morning Show. How many coaches have won three playoff games in 12 years and not been fired? Mike Tomlin, three playoff games, 12 years, still around. Right. If Mike Tomlin were to walk into Art Rooney II's office at the end of the season and say, Art, I think that I would love, like to keep Matt Canada on board as OC. I think Art Rooney II should whack him upside the head and say, okay, you're gone. Are you there if Mike Tomlin says, Matt Canada, you're sticking around?
1: Yeah, but we don't function like Art Rooney. Art Rooney will say, you know what's best for the football product and this football team. You know what's best to try to propel yourself to as many wins as possible. I'm a guy in the boardroom. I'm a guy that owns a team that tries to cut deals for stadium naming rights, that tries to deal with city council and things like that. Absolutely, positively, we're in it every year outside of one for the most part with you at the helm. Sure, yeah, you do what you need to do. Yeah, Matt Canada stays. Matt, this is a guy who has gone on the record before and said, we need to run the football more with more volume and more effectively in, in Art Rooney the second. And then they did exactly what they wanted to do, which was a, a bit of the difference, a bit of the opposite on offense right away, right after he made those comments. He, he doesn't hold weight in terms of on field football decisions or football um diagnosing football problems and then pushing into practice things that are going to fix them. It's just Mike Tomlin doesn't listen to him in that realm.
0: Well, a wonderful thing would be you say that that's the way he would talk to Mike Tomlin. And I don't disagree with you. It would be nice if the guy that he just hired out of Philadelphia, Andy Weidel, if he looked at him the same way and said, you know, what's best for the football product, you know, what's best for this organization and you can tell Mike Tomlin what to do. They're not going to do that, but they need to. And, Colin, I'm convinced you know what's better for the Steelers right now. If Mike Tomlin's refusing to fire Matt Canada, and he is, and there is a strong chance he keeps him at the end of the year, then you and me know better than him today.
1: I'm totally with you. Uh, But I won't believe it until I see it with Matt Canada. The Frank Reich stuff does, though, it intrigues the heck out of me. Because if you're Frank Reich – why would you jump into, and you know, it's a, it's a flavor of the day, right? Okay, it's Pittsburgh Steelers, Mac Canada, get him. It's, why would you limit yourself if you're Frank Reich? Why would you say, okay, I'll go work for the Pittsburgh Steelers? You wait. Maybe somebody who doesn't want to come back. Maybe somebody's contract's not renewed. Maybe somebody has an absolute nosedive over the last eight games of the season or whatever's left, and a better job, like, this notion, and this is what's skewed, I think, here in Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Steelers don't necessarily have the best coaching jobs anymore. People see that logo and they see that, cy- that symbol and they hear Pittsburgh. It doesn't carry the prestige that it once had. If another offensive coordinator coaching job comes open, another one might be better. That team may have done more in the last decade.
0: Well, and I love my man Chris Muller from the PM team on ninety three seven The Fan. He said that working with a young Kenny Pickett might be a selling point. I don't think so. What about I, I,
1: what if Jordan Love's job comes open?
0: See, that's not a selling point for me either. If I had and, and listen, if you're getting, if you're being brought into a situation, more often than not, it's not going to be a great situation. That's why the previous guy got hired. But what
1: if Luke gets, he gets a head coaching job and he get to work with Justin Fields?
0: See, that's more of one for me. Like I think Justin Fields is at the very least further ahead in his development, he's also the more talented player. So I'm I would be okay with that. I don't think that working with a young quarterback is necessarily this great selling point though. Like I'd already I'd rather have a ready made quarterback at my disposal than a guy that is working with a young player. I wouldn't want to work with a young player that way. I don't
1: Well yeah it's a risk. It's definitely a risky endeavor. What if you? I don't think it's
0: a selling point, though.
1: It's not a selling point, but you could potentially propel yourself into another head coaching job if you want to do that and take a. And you only got to be good a couple years doing that. If that's true, you know, if if that's what he truly wants to do, I just I think that Steeler fans are still skewed as if to think. It's almost like thinking like a Pontiac's a great car because it once was. Well, not anymore. Like Well, go on. It, it just because it had that name and because it was here for a long time and because it was that or you know there's better examples I'm sure out there but I don't want to offend anybody, but because it had that lasting sort of heritage or whatever, it's just it's not anymore. And yeah. other other people have overtaken it. People and refuse I, to believe that like that other models are better.
0: Yeah. And I do wonder, there's no question about it. A deterioration of the product and the name and the brand of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I wonder what would be, and they're going to obviously tie together, but I wonder what would be less the selling point that it's the Pittsburgh Steelers or that you have to work with Kenny Pickett. Like, I think you might get a good idea of how the rest of the league feels about the Steelers quarterback choice, based on who their next offensive coordinator is. Like wow. who wants to take a bet on that guy
1: or their running back.
0: You know what I was looking up for today or for Tell tomorrow's me. show?
1: I mean, what if people look at what if people look at their running back and they say, "I don't I don't think he can get me to where I need to be."
0: Yeah, oh, so you're married to that guy? You're married to Najee Harris? You want to keep playing him? I don't want to come in there and be stapled to a guy that's not a good player. I think you're right. Like, I was, I was looking this up for tomorrow, and I, we'll use it here too, but, you know, the perfect blueprint for how to succeed with a young quarterback or a limited quarterback is what's happening right now in Seattle. Geno Smith has thrown the ball 44 times in a game once this year. Apart from that, he's only thrown the ball 30-plus times three times. He's averaging 33 throws per game. That is nothing. By today's NFL standards. And you'll look and you'll see a lot of 27s. You'll see a lot of 25s. You'll also see Kenneth Walker, the running back from Michigan State, who was wonderful last year, who's averaging 5.1 yards per carry. Like that's what the Steelers' offense needs to be. That's what Bill Cowher talked about two weeks ago. It's not going to be like 2004 where it's going to be 18 to 20 throws a game. Kenny Pickett should be throwing it 30 some odd times a game. You should be able to run the ball. And the fact that they can't run the ball is a function of that massive swing and miss of a pick that Najee Harris was. I'm
1: with you. I watched Geno Smith, and I don't think he's great, but what he is is 12 or 18 at halftime all the time.
0: All the time. Right. All the time. And he's not lighting the world on fire, but, I mean, he's going to be the comeback player of the year. Uh, I think he was the NFC Offensive Player of the Month that guy was. So there's a recipe there for success. Cincinnati's offense has struggled all year long. All of a sudden they lose Jamar Chase Joe Mixon plays like the Joe Mixon of old and you put up a million points in a game. We'll have to see if that continues but even in a passing league, running the ball is paramount to success, especially if you've got a mediocre quarterback like Seattle does or you've got an awful offensive line like Cincinnati does Hmm. What do the Steelers have? A young quarterback that's maybe maybe mediocre right now and they have a bad offensive line that's a joke up next we're going to talk about the Chicago Bears and what's that what their game this weekend had me thinking about for the Pittsburgh Steelers it's fourth
1: down in the Steel City
0: Now, get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562 314 4603 for details.
1: Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach, with your people, and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for
0: All. Justin Field was unbelievable on Sunday. It's Adam Crowley calling Dunlap fourth down in the Steel City. He doesn't play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If he did... No, Adam Crowley. It'd be anyway, really good. yeah they'd be good. Chicago lost thirty-five to thirty-two. They've given up on the defensive side. They traded a couple of players away. They're tanking on that side of the ball. Where they're not tanking is offensively, where Luke Getzey continues to figure things out. They brought in Chase Claypool. Justin Fields was awesome. As a Steelers fan, call yes, I would love to see every game the rest of the season. Look for the Steelers like it looked for the Chicago Bears on Sunday. Have your young quarterback kick ass, lose anyway, know you got your guy for the future, but also get a high draft pick. What say you?
1: That'd be great in an ideal world. I don't see the Pittsburgh Steelers scoring 30 points in any football game they play in the rest of the year. (laughs) That's probably It would would be great. I mean, it would be. I can't – okay, now this to me is a better question that is – is from that though the, the the derivative is that initial question that you just asked can kenny pickett look good and not score a bunch of points can he look good and average 18 points a game or 21 points a game can that happen and him not score 30 points and you say at the end of the year you yeah what we got left now? The math, You know what? The NFL is so screwed up for going away from 16, 16 games because the math sucks.
0: But- My entire life, Colin, I've known how to evaluate a team going into the season because I go, boop, nine and seven, bang, right. eight and eight. Oh, that guy's six and 10. I agree. It sucks. So they got uh,
1: nine games left, right? To
0: answer your question, yes, I think you can. And I'll point to that Miami Dolphins game where all game, they were bogged down offensively. Mm-hmm. Those final two drives, Kenny Pickett was awesome until he threw those big picks.
1: Well, Those are kind of a big deal.
0: I know. But if he doesn't throw either of those picks, they don't score a lot of points, but he plays big in clutch time. So I think he could look good not averaging a lot of points if he's able to you know, play well on third downs and convert or red zone here and there. Or, at the end of games, if you could pull one or two out that way instead of lose it the way that he did, yeah, I think it's possible. Hmm.
1: Uh, I think it's, man, it would be the outlier of all outliers, though, that the quarterback would play very good. And you'd be convinced he's the guy. I mean, he's going to be the guy moving forward. I I think that's pretty much fact. They're not going to draft another quarterback. They're going to give him a shot next year. But the confidence level in him I don't know if it can be sky high unless he has a couple games like I don't want to say like Fields just that because that was otherworldly, but unless he is undeniably the best player in the field. I think there will be questions. And I find it tough that those questions could all be put to bed if the offense scores 16, 17 points a game.
0: I mean I don't know. it's a lot harder that way. I mean, it would be you would you would be looking for moments or drives and those clutch things that I was talking about, it's a lot easier to be Uh wowed with what Justin Fields just did.
1: We're going to get to the end of the season and have no answer on if Kenny Pickett is closer to being a bona fide good, uh, worthy of a first round pick starting quarterback than we had at St. Vincent last year. I just, I have that sneaky feeling. This is a, a, this is an incredible red shirt year.
0: Yeah, because you'd be a year down the road now and you still wouldn't know. And it's, I, I hate to always come back to this, but it's another reason why they're absolutely moronic for not firing Matt Canada for two reasons. One, I think it would give Kenny Pickett a better shot to succeed. And I think you'd have more of a buy in overall from the offensive players who clearly don't have the time of day for what Matt Canada is thinking. And secondly, you would also then have a built in excuse. So at the end of the year, you could say, listen, it didn't work with Canada. We thought the best thing was to fire Mike Sullivan. And then, you know what? It turned out that's just too much of a curveball for rookie quarterback. You could blame it on that instead of all the pressure in the world falling on Kenny. So to me, they failed twofold. You mentioned something in the first segment that I, that I have been thinking about a lot, though, and that's that you're not convinced that Matt Canada is going to be fired at the end of the year. Why is that?
1: because of the Steelers loathsome ways of admitting mistakes and it would be admitting mistake. Now, if there's ever a time for them to admit mistakes and they have at year's end, they've done that before. But I just wonder if they think that players aren't performing or the coach isn't coaching well. And if it tilts towards the former rather than the latter, I I did. Look, I think, look, the, 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 the vast majority think so. And the safe bet is he will be fired. But, man, this is also an organization that I think when Mike Tomlin, a couple of different times, he's been at the at kind of low points in his career, and all of a sudden, bang, here comes a contract extension.
0: Yeah, and I can't get over what Doug Whaley told us last week on the fan morning show. And it wasn't that he knew specifically but it's an educated guess from a man who does know Mike Tomlin. And he said that Mike Tomlin may not be firing Matt Canada because the media is so loudly saying to fire Matt Canada. And it dovetails with everything that I've heard about Mike Tomlin too. I mean, the hubris, the stubbornness. And if that's the case, well, the media shouting's not going to stop. It's only going to get louder as the season goes on, and as you get to the off season. I'd still put it. I'd put it probably sixty forty. He's gone, but w- we should know that it's going to happen. And and I don't know that anybody would proclaim with certainty that it is.
1: He's also impossible to show to have compassion for. You don't know nothing about. You don't know nothing. That sounded great. You don't know anything about Matt Canada's family. You don't – he's not trying to, even when he was at Pitt, endear himself to the city at all. He's short and terse in media conferences. He's not – you don't know what makes him tick. He is – absolutely does the bare amount of media that he has to do. You never – I have not yet one time in all his stops, and I've searched. I think there was one in LSU – in the, either the Times-Picayune or the Baton Rouge Advocate, I think it's called, or one of the, the Baton Rouge papers, I saw one sort of takeout kind of feature on uh-huh. he and his, and his girlfriend, or maybe his wife now. I don't know. I think it was his girlfriend at the time. You, you just don't know anything about this guy. So by virtue of that, he feels like a football vagabond. Like everywhere is just his next stop to get to the next stop. And it kind of feels no different here. Even though this is the top of the game in the NFL, it just feels like his time and his clock started ticking in Matt Canada till he was done here, not till there was success. Uh from the moment he walked through the door, it was just a ticking clock until he was walking out the door.
0: I got a text today from someone that is deep, deep within Steelers. Uh I I, I want to protect myself here. Someone just say
1: Steelerville. Who's, just say Steelerville.
0: Steel yeah, Steelerville. Why do you think Clem and the wide receiver coach left, they asked. Why do you think multiple coaches turned down the O-line spot? They all hate Canada. I mean, I also heard from somebody, the the same guy that told me that Mark Whipple was going to leave, and this is not a secret, everyone knows that people don't like that Canada, that, I mean, Canada was basically thrown out of that building at the University of Pittsburgh. And I, I realized he took the other, the LSU job. It was a lot of money. Nobody there liked him. And they had one of the best offenses in school history. Um, you can count on one hand the number of guys who would sign up to work with Matt Canada. And three of them joined the staff this year.
1: Well, Where's the I mean, page? Where's the thing in the media guide? Where are the players that he coached? And he coached a lot of them that have come to his defense or have said, or you even see on social media when he's getting picked apart wait, no, Coach Canada is a good dude, or stay the course, it'll work. Like, you get that with virtually every coach, or even an outlier one guy here or there that's kind of a name. There's not been one person. He coached a football team at Maryland that he took the reins of after a kid died and they had to fire the coach, and still nobody had anything good to say about
0: him. Right, right. And here's another thing. A media man from another town who's very tapped in in college football circles. I was talking to him the other day. When Pitt was good and Matt Canada was the offensive coordinator and they beat Clemson and all that, he tweeted out, wow, this Matt Canada guy, this offense is special or something to that effect. He said he had three separate college coaches DM him and say, no, this guy's a joke. Take that down. You'll thank us later. I mean, and we're talking about the height of Matt Canada-ness back whenever Pitt was good and they were putting up 40 points. This is not a guy you want to be associated with your franchise. He should have been fired at the end of last year. And here he is, allowed to bring in his own assistance this year, and we're not even certain he's going to be let go at the end of the year. Bad on you, Mike Tomlin. Shame. Shame. Up next, there's a team in the NFL that I, I feel bad for it. And it's not the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's oh, we'll that. Wow. No! This episode is brought to you by Hyper Conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. We go, this is fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts Adam Crowley and Colin Dunlap. Fourth down in the Steel City, Crowley, Dunlap, award-winning podcast. Yep. How about this, Colin? Here it. We talked a lot about quarterbacks on the Fan Morning Show.
1: Okay, I have a question for you when this is done. I'm ahead.
0: excited about it.
1: Yeah.
0: One of the quarterbacks that struggled this weekend was Josh Allen. Okay. And now we're finding out he might have UCL issues. They're trying to get some medical examinations done. We'll find out more as the week progresses. On the owner,
1: You got the owner.
0: Yep, the old or collateral, as they say. It's just easier for me, a West Virginia guy, to say UCL. Man, this is their year. This is their team. They were 17 seconds or whatever it was away from it last year, and they blew it. All the marbles this season. Great defense, great offense. What if this guy has to, like, miss the rest of the year with an elbow injury or... He played terribly on Sunday. What if he still plays, but is nowhere near the Josh Allen he was before? I will actually feel for Bills fans if injury is going to stand in the way. What if
1: they have like a Mahomes situation like last year where you know he's coming back? Well, that was Mahomes last year, right?
0: Yeah, that did happen. Yeah, yeah,
1: where like you know that there's a finite period of rest and then he's going to come back at a certain point.
0: Then I think you're fine. I mean, you're not going to get the number one seed probably, but they're good enough that they can make hey without it.
1: Can they I, win on the road in the playoffs?
0: Yeah, I mean, they were right there last year with Kansas City, and I don't know that being on the road is what did them in. Their inability to coach in the final seconds, and they made terrible decisions, I think, was good their problem. bigger problem. I right. think they're good enough to oh, do Oh, they it.
1: ain't winning anything without him,
0: though. Oh, I mean, absolutely not, and that's why I'd feel awful because – you only get so many shots at it in the NFL because the league turns over so quickly. You got to right. pay these quarterbacks so much money. This is a wonderful roster. The longer you keep Josh Allen around, the better it maybe he gets, but the worse off his roster is going to get. So they might not be good enough to win when he's fully healthy because you might run into a Mahomes, or maybe you get to the Super Bowl and you lose to the Philadelphia Eagles. Might
1: run he, into a Zach Wilson, big boy.
0: Huh, well, the UCL might have done him in on Sunday with that one. So my, what I hate is for these Buffalo fans with this roster. Let's say they don't win because of an injury. I'd hate to see that for them because I respect the hell out of that fan base.
1: Yeah, but you know, injuries happen. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I would. I, it'd be tough for them, but it, it is what it is. You know, it's just.
0: Yeah, volatile. Mike Tomlin says, if uh, if you're banged up, they ain't sorry about it. You're right. So I can see that too. Vo- uh,
1: volunteers, hostages, uh, drones and such, everything like that. Question for you. Mm-hmm. As when this comes out, it'll be election day, midterm election. I don't I'm not into politics, but and I'm not. I hate it. I don't know anything about it. All I wish is they'd stop calling and texting me. The when you go to the poll site, okay? The best and the worst thing about the poll site discussion go. You may hear this again, by the way.
0: It's a good discussion. Mm. The best thing about the poll site is human interaction.
1: Oh, good call. You know, I like it. I, with people you don't necessarily interact
0: with. Yeah, it's it's just a very American thing. I mean, we're all going to vote. We're all, yeah. hey, we we might not agree, but at least we're all here because we agree it's the best thing for the country, kind of thing. But the thing that I hate is the 15 people. Here, vote for O'Donnell. Oh, the guy.
1: outside people, yeah. Oh. You know, like the, the Vegas card flipper kind of people. Yeah, me, yeah. Like, they can get bent, Colin.
0: Like, I mean, you don't think? I mean, you don't think I know who I'm going to vote for? I'm, I am walking into the polling place. You think you handing me a button or a sticker is going to change my mind? No.
1: I, I like the old timer too that tries to tell you you just pull the lever for fill in party. That guy gets you, but no, the person, you know, what's worse. I'll tell you what's worse. If you happen to time it right or wrong in this case, and the person handing out the thing is the actual person running for that office. And it becomes a first person account, especially if it's some obscure asinine thing we vote for here in Pennsylvania, like assistant ombudsman to the sheriff, or whatever, you know, and you get one of those
0: choo choo. Oh, McGillicuddy.
1: Yeah. And the guy's like, hey, you know, but don't mix me up. Don't mix me up. I'm not, I'm not this Bob Casey. I'm the other Bob Casey or whatever. And you're like, guy, look, I'm going to skip by that one anyway. I don't know what the, you know, the uh, the backup jail warden does. I ain't voting <laughs> for it.
0: The comptroller. <laughs> <laughs> How about this? It was the 2008 primary. I had just turned old enough to vote. Like, I was one of the few people in my class that was old enough in high school to vote senior year. Yeah. And Lincoln, the elementary school in Mount Lebanon.
1: Well, I thought you meant because you, Jim Colony voted for Lincoln. But anyway, continue.
0: Yeah, they rolled out his old bones.
1: Yes, continue. I'm sorry. Lincoln I was Elementary.
0: At, I was at the Lincoln Elementary School and. Friggin' Hillary Clinton and Bill showed up. While you were voting. At our place. I live two blocks from there. So I was not going down to vote just yet. Heard that they were there. Sprinted down. And this is not to let people know on my political affiliation or anything like that. But of all the little tiny elementary schools in all the world, the Clintons were at mine two blocks away. It was crazy. And I was trying to get into my wife's pants at the time. We were high school sweethearts. She's a big photographer for the school paper. Called her up, said I'll write a story. You take the pictures. Hello.
1: Did you did you get the story?
0: Nothing came of it.
1: Did you never saw the Clintons?
0: I saw the Clintons. I took a picture with Bill.
1: Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, I got to dig that up. Did
1: your did your wife take it?
0: Yeah, she did take it.
1: Oh, my gosh. Full we'll circle moment there at yeah. Brad Lincoln Elementary. Great stuff.
0: <laughs> Although Clinton was there, so it's more like Reese McGuire.
1: Yes. Um. Wow. That is a great story. That's interesting. You know, no matter. Yeah. yeah interesting. How about um, that? Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, really back to, to the guy holding out the stuff. You know what I do like? I do like the sincerity of the... Ninety-one-year-old person that is working the polls. That's like, oh, thank you for coming out. I also like this, and I mean this. I don't mean to sound like Lee freaking Greenwood or anything, but I like I like the old timers that make the effort. And it's like one of the five days a year they travel outside the confines of their house. Yes, or like it's it's a big because they look all around the world. They're like people don't get this opportunity in certain places in the world like they'll and it, or like the old guy that'll put like a nice shirt on to go vote and he's like I got to get there and do this no matter what i have a lot of freaking respect or and they're dwindling by the day which is sad but the dude that shows up in in the korean war hat
0: oh yeah that they'll dude, be a, they'll front be these one line, yep you go the line, pal you're good you're good by me. You, you know what? I walked here. I'm a little sweaty. I could use to go first. But, yeah, you fought. Yeah, you go. My dad got his heart transplant during the presidential election last time around. And my dad's one of those, you got to vote. Our country's great. You got to do it. And so he had to be on lockdown. He had just got back from the hospital, and he went out and voted anyway. He broke all his doctor's rules, went out there. Yeah, you got to vote. America, Yay! Hey, Frank Wright, Mike Tomlin, 2023. That's my ticket. Get him in there. Tomlin. Send that
1: other, send that other ass back to Canada.
0: Oh, that's the end of the podcast.